Hello and welcome back to the Creative Productive Podcast with me, your host, Sarah Boyle, a positive productivity mentor who helps you make the time and energy to pursue the things you love. Welcome back after our little series break. Um, It was definitely very nice. I mean, I say that, it actually hasn't happened yet, Um, but it's very nice because it feels like it's given me time to just get ahead and get loads of podcast episodes done for you. Um... So yeah, so I hope you enjoy. Um, I hope you're enjoying the series as well. If you are, please, 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 please do me a huge favour, especially if you're listening on Apple, because I don't think I have any reviews at all yet. So if you are listening, if you're enjoying it, please leave a review. It probably only takes you like two minutes. Just say how much you love the podcast and, you know, all of that lovely stuff. Um, I don't want to sway you, but, you know, five stars would be great that would be lovely. So yeah, that's that's my little begging portion of this over. Um, so today we have an interview with the amazing Sasha from CheekyZebra.com and it was such a nice interview to record. It was actually really funny as well because if you didn't know, Sasha works with her grandparents and um, her granddad in particular interrupted us a couple of times. I don't think he quite realised the concept of a recording Um, even though Sasha kind of said, I'm recording, it wasn't really registered um, and she was made to move rooms actually while we're recording. Um, But it was so great and it was a really funny insight into kind of her life and her business as well. Um, So as a little bonus, we have kept in a little recording clip of of Grandad coming in. just because we both thought it was so funny so if you listen right to the end of the episode you'll get to hear that highly recommend you do I was absolutely in stitches um but we talk basically about what it's like to kind of stray from the traditional career path because we both started out studying law and obviously neither of us are doing that now Sasha's running a greeting cards business and I am doing this So we wanted to talk a little bit about what it feels like, why we kind of chose law and why we started going down that path only to realise very quickly for both of us that it just wasn't for us and how we kind of navigate all that comparison stuff that comes up when we have friends from our course and friends in our lives that have really good stable jobs um, and we're kind of just doing our thing and seeing what happens. So if you are in a similar situation I think you'll definitely be able to relate to a lot of what we said um just as a note I don't think you know I I hope no one would be offended but we're not kind of trying to slate corporate jobs you know I'm kind of very I'd much admire the people that are in them and kind of can can do that but I it's just something that I would not be able to do um and I think Sasha feels the same so just as a kind of warning I guess if you feel like we're kind of slagging them off we're not we're very much in awe of anyone who can do them and yeah amazing just not for us anyway I will shut up now and let you listen to the amazing episode just to warn you there are a couple of swear words in this one and there is mention of some uh, body parts as you will probably have guessed if you've seen Sasha's cards Um, but it's a great episode so I hope you enjoy Hi Sasha, it's great to have you on the Creative Productive Podcast. Can you tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do and what Cheeky Zebra is? Yes, uh, thanks. Firstly, thanks for having me. Hi. Um, So I'm Sasha. I have a small greeting card company called Cheeky Zebra. I say I, but it's kind of turned into a family business. So like my uh, (laughs) nan does like free labour and uh, people (laughs) hang out. So we do, what do we do? We do quirky cards for real life but we were saying off camera like 
they do do some rude ones like there is a bit of filth <laughs> but like a bit of filth not a lot of filth yeah. just, a, just a sprinkle of filth yeah. um and one day we're gonna be Clintons and nice that's probably it just a minor goal yeah just a little one I love I love the certainty of that I had Kyra the Bold on my podcast as a guest like recently oh she's amazing she's amazing and she did that thing right at the end she was like I look forward to hearing from you when you inquire about my mentoring and I was like whoa (laughs) that is like confidence I was down for that so when you said like yeah and we're gonna be Clinton so I was like yeah there we go okay yeah sure I just think if you say it with like enough vim it would just come true oh that's a great word vim 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 yeah do it I'm gonna be doing this yeah definitely that's amazing so yeah so you run a greeting card company and I obviously follow you on Instagram and I absolutely love everything you post I love everything you post about you working with your nan and your family as well which is so entertaining um and you know I've admired you for a while enjoyed your stuff and then I saw a few probably a few weeks ago now or maybe even a week ago um that you mentioned something about doing law at uni when I was like Hey, me too. Law friends. Yeah. And then also we both realised that we very quickly into our law degrees realised that we did not want to pursue law, but we (laughs) both stuck it out right till the end. And yeah, yeah, quite interesting. And how we've both kind of gone off into really not typical careers, I guess, from like choosing something really traditional and really, yeah, traditional basically. And then becoming I suppose business owners so I wanted to get you on the podcast and kind of talk a little bit more about how that came to be and all the kind of stuff that comes with kind of breaking the mold and doing something different and having the courage to do that so my first question for you and I'll tell you a little bit about my experience as well is do you remember why you chose to do a law degree I really want to know your answer for this (laughs) to whether it's the same because I feel like yeah and I also want to know at what point you were like no this isn't for me like oh. when did you know because yeah, I knew we'll like definitely get to that yeah <laughs> I always just find that so interesting okay mm-hmm. so why did I do law so people can't see my face right they can just hear my voice yeah right so for context I'm Indian which is kind of like <laughs> I feel like that explains some of what I'm gonna say yeah so um why I did law is because it's like I don't know like I've always wanted to like impress my to be fair like I've always wanted to impress my granddad like that's important to me mm. and like something that's like and that's not the only reason like that's not fair to say but like when you come from like an Indian family, one of the things that kind of get drummed down into you is they just want you to have like a professional, like you're going to, you know, all the cliches, like you need to be a yeah. doctor, a lawyer, an engineer. You legit yeah. need to be a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer. <laughs> like, I don't know, like my family's quite liberal. So it was like, it was kind of like, you know, we're not going to push you to do anything. Mm-hmm. But if you did want to be a lawyer or a doctor, like 10 points, that was kind of like, <laughs> and it was, it's just my granddad really, but that was kind of the vibe. And then, so I kind of wanted to impress him and it was like, I knew I couldn't be a doctor because I can't do blood. Yeah. And so then I was like, I don't want to be an engineer. Okay, I'm going to be, a, therefore, you have to be a lawyer type thing to like <laughs> win that approval. It was like, I'll just do that. And then obviously it also coincided with like, stupidly watching like shows like Legally Blonde, <laughs> Ali McBeal. And I kind of thought, okay, there's like a Venn diagram. I can live yeah. like a Ali McBeal, you know, self-censored fun life where law just is really easy and I just like have exciting cases like I thought it would be like TV and then on the other half of the diagram was like this ticks the like winning granddad's Indian approval box (laughs) and so it was like oh be a lawyer yeah 
Amazing. Do you know what is funny actually? So I don't know if you ever went to any open days, but I remember like going to an open day. I didn't go to Liverpool, but I went to Liverpool and there was a girl in the open day who literally she dressed like Elle Woods. Fuck off. Like Like, no, I don't think on purpose. But she was like fully like had like a handbag and she was like blonde and like really pretty and like just really typically and I just remember thinking like looking at her and be like, She's watched Legally Blonde. Do you actually think that's what happened? She watched Legally Blonde and was like, I'm gonna commit and like just I think so. It was really weird. I just remember being like, wow, okay, like there really are people who obviously you included who watch these like shows and like wow look at that it's amazing I'm gonna be a lot yeah I literally well I didn't know anything about like literally no. I had I did no work experience I knew absolutely nothing I knew that I was like academic so I was like cool I can yeah. get the grades that's fine so yeah just go be a lawyer make your granddad happy tick the Indian <laughs> box and then also have like this fun vivacious life on the side that he won't know about and I was like perfect box, box <laughs> Yeah, and I think I kind of had similar to you of like I was always quite always got quite good grades, always did really well in school. Um and I thought about doing like modern languages or in the back of my head as well was like doing something like marketing, which now I'm like, why didn't you just do marketing? Because like that was what you would have done. But I think in my head I had the this idea of like <laughs> it sounds horrible, it sounds really like elitist and stuff, but I was like, oh no. I don't need to do like a marketing degree or I don't know what it was, but I was kind of like looked down a little bit at that because it was a more of a vocational degree. Do you know what I was just going to say? Like, I don't like, I don't know if we're like, if we're both being honest, like, yeah, I had exactly the same thing. Like if I'd have come home and said, I'm doing marketing. Yeah. He would be like, that's a Mickey Mouse degree. Are you okay? And like that, I think that like, you know, it's obviously not, we don't feel that way now, but that's very much like how it was drummed into me. Like it would be like a waste of all these grades that you've got. Like, how dare you like do something like more? Was it kind of like that with you a little bit? I think so. I don't think it was never really, my mum never really, the thing is, I don't think she maybe understood why I wanted to do marketing. And I think she really wanted me to do like languages and stuff, which fair enough, it, it is great, but yeah and I I don't know like I think in my head I was like if I just do languages like I've got nothing more over people who are just like speak a load of languages naturally so I was like I need something more yeah I love that I've always thought that because I'm like well you're just competing with somebody who had like a French mum and a Spanish dad and like and and, but you've had to like go to uni for all these yeah like and obviously you do more in-depth stuff than just like learn the language you learn about the culture and all that stuff and that's really interesting that's great but um, I just wanted to be able to like chat to people in French. Um, and obviously a lot more of it is like poetry and stuff like that, which wasn't particularly what I wanted to do. But anyway, um, but yeah, going back to the law, I think it was like this pressure of like, you're a, you're intelligent, you get good grades. You need to do something traditional in like yes. a red brick university. Yes. yes, yes, I got, yeah. It's almost like if you've, if you've like been academic ever, which by the way, does in my opinion doesn't mean that much because like all it means is I got really good at learning how to pass exams yeah you know what I mean like you know I learned how to memorize stuff and I learned how to like I learned my method of revision I don't think I'm particularly intelligent it was more just I learned (laughs) how to pass exams yeah like there's this thing of like once you've kind of done that and they started to see that you've got the A's and whatever then you start getting like shepherd down this route of like yeah no this isn't for you these are for you like mm. and, and suddenly like even like teachers and stuff like I would really like art but I wasn't 
you know partly it was home pressure but I couldn't be like I'm doing art as an A-level yeah like even from school it was like a subtle thing that you don't really think about but they're kind of like they sort of ushered me away a little bit yeah and I've I've spoken about this on the podcast before with someone else I can't I think it might have been like my first interview I did but I chose art for GCSE and I was like really they really battled against that they really didn't want me to do art yes I had really thing yeah but what was that reason so yeah was it the school that kind of were a bit like what are you doing art for yeah because I think the reason was there was like nothing within so the way we chose our subjects there was like two columns or something and like everything I would have really wanted to do was in the same column so yes yeah yeah why do you make me pick between things I want to do why couldn't I just do all of those things I know so then the other the only thing I would have done in the other column was art and I was like you know what yeah I like art I'm I'm all right at it um so I wanted to do that and they were like really pushing me to do like geography or history and stuff and I was like I don't want to I just don't want to so I like really put my foot down and like refused but it got it got that feeling that they were like oh we but we're saving this for like the non-academic kids or something yeah and it's it just, was weird just, it's just really fucked isn't it when you think about yeah. it it's like, it's, yeah but I definitely had a sense of that like the yeah it's like if you're at sixth form also mm-hmm. actually at sixth form like if you went down the sixth form route we didn't have a lot of the courses open to us that you'd get at college like there wasn't mm. like a photography at sixth form it's like yeah, yeah. it just wasn't how it was yeah I think it's really hard isn't it and like you just feel a lot of pressure and at that age you're just not really you're not so that sure of yourself to be like, no, I know I want to do this. And you're not like, you're kind of not given to the peer pressure, but you you kind of are in that environment of like, I do well in this. So I need to like do the traditional subject. And even if it's like not going to make me happy, it's really strange. But you kind of like get swept up in that idea of like, I don't want to waste my potential. Yeah. I feel like that's the most like sickening phrase. Yeah. The thing is, is, like we had no idea like what was going to happen, and that the like the internet was going to come, and you could do different mm. things. To be fair, but like I don't, yeah, it, I definitely had that sense of, like growing up, like this big thing of like don't waste your potential. Yeah, but, like the idea of like your potential has to be used in quite set ways. Like I definitely had like that quiet pressure of like no, 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 you're going to be one of the ones that has like a corporate yeah situation and that's that's done yeah yeah it's really weird but anyway let's fast forward so we both arrived at uni I presume kind of fresh-faced ready to do law but like you I had no idea I'd never done any work experience I think I sat down and spoke to a really old lawyer for like 20 minutes um and I think he spoke to me about like the Magna Carta or something I don't even remember but it was like very traditional old law but yeah arrived at uni very quickly suddenly felt like really out of my depth academically just like just feel like it went like I went to kind of a what do they call it like state school like you know not not private school yeah I went to a state school school yeah um, I'm so like this is so interesting you're saying all this because I had a very similar experience like Mm. I went to state school then I went to a red brick uni in London and I was suddenly surrounded by a bunch of kids that went to private school and I felt really thick yeah and I was like, but I'm the clever one. What's happened? I, know. I was, was like, horrible. Oh, wait, maybe I'm not that clever. Like, yeah. what's happening? Yeah, I really struggled. I remember that. Fit. I'd call my mum in tears, like, 
all the time and just be like I'm not clever enough for this mm. I don't understand what these people I had massive imposter syndrome did you kind of find similar things? yeah definitely I was like I don't know what I'm doing here like what I felt was like all the kind of private school kids had been taught all these like like techniques not even that they'd been like had a head start but that they'd had all these techniques like they'd been doing things like morality and ethics and how to structure arguments and all of that stuff and I was like I haven't done this like where was this literally I felt the same and also I felt a little bit like have you watched the Hunger Games or read the Hunger Games yeah oh like we're district 12 yeah like we're district 12 (laughs) and they were like (laughs) districts one and two because they'd been training for this like they already knew like and a lot of them actually it was like mum's a lawyer dad's a lawyer Mm. I'm a lawyer but they even knew but then because of that like they even understood what being a lawyer was like they yeah they would like if I genuinely told someone like yo I think it's like Alan McBeal they'd be like (laughs) laugh but like this bit joke like you know just that like (laughs) that little laugh of like are you all right like patronizing like ha 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 but you're kidding and I was like yeah yeah joking yeah so when did you kind of do you remember when you realized you're like wow this isn't for me like I'm not in the right place I don't want to do this Mm, straight away (laughs) (laughs) yeah genuinely yeah straight away I kind of just knew like okay but then when did you know actually so my I think the biggest thing I remember was like I think it was first year and I'd kind of been like struggling a little bit, but it was kind of like, oh, everyone struggles for a while. It's fine. Um, but I remember there was like a, a kind of law fair. And I remember like turning up just like in my normal clothes, like jeans and whatever. And other first years had turned up in like suits. And I was like, what? I'm actually crying. <laughs> I was like, I didn't get this memo. Like, what? We meant to be like networking already. Like, the, already we're trying that to fight for a job. That was the thing, though, wasn't it? Because, like, am I, yes, that energy of like, that everyone was so competitive and like a bit mm. psychotic. Like, I basically yeah. think it just attracts like a bunch of type A personalities into like one space. And I just don't think that could be good for anyone's mental health. Like, they just shouldn't all be together. Like, it was actually <laughs> like it was insane Mm. and I so I did like I just carried along with it the degree was one thing and then it got to third year and that's when I really like I remember ringing my mom and being like mom I've just decided I don't want to be a lawyer and I don't know if part of it to be honest was I wasn't getting any I was applying for some training contracts but I was applying for them half-heartedly I wasn't really Mm. getting any so maybe there's like a cynical part of me that's like it's because you couldn't get them but the truth is like I probably would have gone, done it, been miserable and quit a bit later, maybe. But um, I, yeah, I did not. It just, no. I didn't even apply for any training contracts. So I already kind of knew seeing my friends having to like apply for these and how like soul destroying every single application was that I was like, I'm, I'm, there's no point in me putting this effort in if I know that I'm really half-assed about this. Like, I obviously am not that passionate about it because I'm not willing to go through this for that job on the other side. Like, it's just not worth it, in my opinion. I rate that so much because it was just, like, some of the applications were so gruelling. And, like, they ask you questions that make me know that it wasn't for me. Like, they'd ask you questions like, so what do you do in your spare time? And I'd be like... <laughs> chill drink eat yeah. like nothing nothing that's like my my spare time hobbies are not like I don't know I'm not <laughs> I didn't yeah like the art society like I just hung out with my friends mm. and like enjoyed myself and it's like that's insufficient <laughs> and I was like okay <laughs> and it's horrible to be told that like what you just enjoy doing like oh no that's not good enough like you need to actively be pursuing with every fiber of your being being like a lawyer 
or being better in some way like it's not even enough to like play in the netball team you need to have run the netball team organize the charity event and organize the socials and manage the account yeah and it's like I did quite a lot in uni. I had a really good, you know, like I liked being part of societies. I was like in a few committees, but it was kind of like, I wasn't really doing it for the application. I was doing it because I enjoyed it. Yeah. enjoyed it. Exactly. I think that's the thing you started to get like people who were like career um, Mm. society joiners. Like it wasn't even about the society. It was like, no, this will look really good. This will look really good. And like you almost, everyone's decisions. Yeah. It's like, I'm doing this so that it looks good so I can get a job. So I could probably not ever do this again because I'll have too much time spent on the job. But yeah, it just, to me, it just, I think I realized that like through things like managing societies and like I was president of the French society, which I had a great time. Like I rebranded. You actually would have done really well on these law applications if you went to them. Like you actually like, you were there, like you inadvertently, this is all they wanted to hear. Like you would have actually gone so well. This is the thing I realized Like I don't like being told kind of what to do. And I'm like, want to be in charge of my own kind of destiny. And I just felt like these corporate kind of places wanted to like stamp that out and every time I think I tried to apply for a couple of things and I just got these these you know these questionnaires that you do and I just got these things back of like "Mm, you're not really like the the kind of person that we're looking for personality wise and I was like well okay fine yeah I was like that is rude because like you know I tried to answer them honestly but I was just like okay well maybe I'm just not made for this like maybe this is just not for me do you know what? It's so interesting you said that because I remember we had a philosophy, uh, one of our first philosophy uh, lectures at uni. I can't remember if it was philosophy, I don't know, but basically he was breaking down like what an anarchist was in one of the sessions. And then he was like, he did like, he died and broke down like loads of different things. And he was like, so who here like feels like, you know, they'd like to live in the anarchist way? And I was the only person who put my hand up and I felt so stupid <laughs> because when he explained it, I was like, who wouldn't want to live like that? Like, I don't want anyone to tell me what to do. Like, everyone just do what they want. And like, I must have just been like, I was like, of course, as I put my hand up. And literally, nobody put their hand up. And he was making the point of like, obviously, nobody would want to live like that. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm gonna put my hand down. It was so embarrassing, because I literally like thought it was like a no brainer. I was like, of course, we all just want to run around and do what we want. (laughs) Interesting to know that. I'd be interested to see that criteria, actually. Um, But yeah, so do you um, one thing I want to know as well, do you still keep in touch with anyone? Are you still friends with anyone that you did law with? Yes, I always make jokes about how I don't really have any friends, so that's not really fair. Like I still, so um, yeah. So I, um, there's so two people I did law to with that I still talk to. Well, actually three. Like two of them I was really good friends with. They ended up getting married, which is really cute, and we we'll love that for them. And um, my other, yeah, my other friend does a lot. They both do it now still. Um, one of them, so. I don't, she's going to mind me saying this. She, so we all used to like bond over the fact we hated law. So the couple that are married, the guy escaped law and he does corporate stuff now. And the girl, it's really funny because she says she hates law and she does hate law sort of, but she's basically an associate now and probably will go on to be a partner. Like, so I, so I kind of say to her like, listen, I know you hate it, but you're going to end up like, you know owning a law firm soon 
and like that's just the trajectory that you're that you're on and the thing is is I don't think I don't necessarily think they and my other friends like she she does I think they enjoy parts of it and I think they enjoy the work but I'm not but what they don't enjoy is like the pressure the atmosphere and the people but I think the actual lawyering like the reading of the contracts and stuff like that I think they enjoyed this yeah it's interesting I think some people are just willing to to do it and put up with it for whatever reason and then like people like you and me are like nah I'm not going for it I just yeah I just don't think I would have been very yeah I did it for a bit so like I when I so I did corporate stuff so I'd try that see how that worked out at one point I was um the non-food buyer for spa which is nuts like I would just like negotiate (laughs) like it was actually just like what is what and then um I moved back home because I was in London moved back home and then I was like I wanted to do cards but I was like let me just try and get a job let me try law one more time so I was a paralegal for a couple of years um and they offered me like you know I could have stayed on and done my like stuff with them and qualified but honestly I knew from the first week that I took that job that I was not going to do it. So I literally, it was the best thing because I hated it. And then I was like, okay, I need to make Cheeky Zebra work. So I just decided, like, I worked every evening and every weekend because I was like, I cannot, this can't be my life. I felt it so strongly. But at the same time, I would still go to meetings and they would be like, and I feel awful now because they were like, you know, do you want to progress? And I'd be like, yeah, I really, (laughs) really do want to (laughs) progress. I would just go home because the more like they talked about me progressing the more anxiety that would give me and the more motivation I would have to like no this can't be my life so yeah so tell me how you got started with Cheeky Zebra then how did that come about I got dumped <laughs> and I, <laughs> that's the best way that things start nice. and and I was like and also I'd always wanted to do my own thing I'd always wanted to do my own business I'd yeah. always thought like I just felt like it was the ultimate freedom like that was the exciting thing for me like I just I can work really hard but I just don't want to be told what to do and I saw a Facebook advert for a company that were doing funny cards and I literally thought like I could do this because I'd always wanted my own business but had no legitimate idea of what I could do Mm. and I was like I'm funny I can draw ish not very well but sufficiently (laughs) and then I was like and I really find marketing and stuff interesting and I was like oh and so I just got dumped and like genuinely I just needed something to focus on because I was like a mess Mm. and so um I actually my first card that I ever designed was a range of breakup Like oh my first card was like there's plenty more the d word in the sea and then there was like a drawing of all these little colored pieces and, like, uh, and I remember actually because I was living in London and my housemate was like are you all right and I was like I'm gonna quit like all this corporate stuff and I'm gonna make cards and she was like in the group chat like guys I don't think Sasha's okay <laughs> she's just been drawing like penises oh my gosh yeah I don't know if you're like this but I get really manic energy when I'm like when I want to do something and I'm excited and passionate about it and so I'm just there like I literally spent the whole weekend just drawing like 50 to 100 designs on this sketch pad and they were like do you want to come out I was like no busy (laughs) (laughs) I just love I could just imagine like the video of you like sat there like drawing always like like, just like in a t-shirt like and just pants and like bingy in pizza and then being like just just guys gotta create gotta create the future 
Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I would love to see that. Like in when you're the new, you know, when you are Clintons. Yeah. And they do your life movie. That'll be like an amazing part of it. (laughs) (laughs) That would be outstanding. I would. That's so cool. So then obviously you kind of left to pursue that. And like you said, your friends were a little bit like, is Sasha okay? Mm Mm-hmm. When I spoke, when did you realize that it was like, okay, this is definitely like the thing I'm going to do, like 100%? Like after your kind of crazy manic creativity phase, when you were like, nah, this is definitely it. I think when I got the job, when I moved out to Derby and was doing law, I realized like, this can't be my life. Mm -hmm. And also, like, I had some personal stuff that meant like, um, I just need more flexibility in my life. Like yeah. if somebody's not feeling well, I need to be, I want to be able to be there quite easily. So I was like, it just made me, and I think when I realized I can't live like this, then yeah. it was like, I'm, it went from, it just went to, I'm going to make it work. And the truth is that when I quit my paralegal law job, I am, um, and I was doing Cheeky Zebra on the side, Cheeky Zebra had only done, I say only not to be like a dick, but I think <laughs> we'd done like 25 grand in sales, which, you know, that's that sounds amazing yeah then also if you think about it like that's revenue that wasn't like money to live off so actually probably made about 12 grand so Mm. to kind of quit and know that you might make you know a grand a month and might was it was quite it was almost I didn't when I quit like I didn't actually know how I was going to make it work or how I was going to actually like make enough money to live off Mm. but I just sort of decided that I would yeah I'm gonna do it and weirdly, it, I almost think that I was just a bit, you have to be a bit like delusional. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think there has to be. If, if you're so set on like needing the safety net and being like, you know, it's never going to really be the right time, I suppose. Like there's always going to be things that could be better or you could be bringing in a little bit more money. So I will say this though, because I like, I didn't, what did I not do? I said the 12 grand or whatever, I didn't spend it. The idea was I just left that in the business and that Mm. was going to be for the stuff. So I ended up making a deal with my granddad and he gave me six grand basically. And he said, you can pay yourself 500 pounds a month for, he said, how much do you need? I was like, just 500 pounds a month to live on. He's like, cool. You can pay yourself that for a year. If you can't make this work in a year, then you better go get yourself a proper job. (laughs) And, (laughs) and that was the deal. So, um, and then I thankfully I think the fear of that like the idea of like one having to look him in the eyes and say I've messed up (laughs) and then two like the fear of going back to law I think that was just enough to be like there isn't there isn't a plan c like there isn't an option of like this doesn't work Mm, amazing and then look at you now yeah, it worked. Yay! <laughs> Thank God. Yeah, and now your granddad is like happily working with you in the business. Yeah, do you know what? He actually does print the cards. Nice. That's his new thing. He he actually took it off me when we were really busy. Um, Valentine's Day last year, we did a thousand orders a day because like Facebook Whoa. ads. We, like we were so lucky. Facebook ads did so well for us. Shout out to Carly, who does them um, ads. She's Carly Stringer. And she did like, yeah, it blew up. Anyway. My grandma basically said from there, he was like, I'll be taking over printing. And I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Can't say no. Okay. And so he was like, I'll be doing this now. Here are my requirements. This is what I need. We need this printer. Um, we'll be doing it this way moving forward. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I love, I think what's so nice is when you're setting out on your own and you're kind of doing something different, 
when your family get on board with it, when they don't really fully understand why you're doing it or what you're doing at the start, I think that is a massive like thing. It's a huge relief. Mm. Like even when my granddad had said like, you know, here's your money, you can do it, which is a massive, like I realise that's a big privilege. Like it's a huge gift. Um, I did offer to pay him back since then, by the way, just in case anyone thinks I'm heartless. And um, he, but he didn't really buy into it. He didn't understand it. And my family didn't. And imagine that like they're seeing every day what Sasha doing like she's gone to the post office with four orders like that's probably what she's made 10 quid like is she going to be all right and that pressure is like it's really quite it makes you feel a bit sick like it's Mm. quite intense and then thank god when things started to pick up um actually what happened was I held a wholesale order for a major retailer I didn't make a lot of money but they ordered 7,000 cards and it was the act of them seeing that we had a 7,000 card order yeah and them having to help with that that made them sort of all be like, wait, somebody actually wants these things. And then like suddenly, this is more my grandparents, like even my grand, like she's so supportive, but she didn't understand. And then it was like, suddenly I saw that they were like, oh, this can work. Mm. And that was like, it's such a relief. Yeah. And it just, it really helps your self-belief as well, I think. Because for me, like my business for a while, it's a lot clearer now what the mission is. And like I was explaining to you before we started recording, but like, before people would be like I don't get what she does what does she do and I was like trying to explain it and anyway now it's a lot more kind of clear and everything and what I really love is that like if I'm with my mum and like we see someone and they haven't seen me for a while and they're like oh what are you doing now and I've kind of automatically been like oh yeah I work part-time at the hospital and now my mum is there going and she has her own business and I'm like I love (laughs) that do you know what I love that so much yeah when they like buy in and they're like, no, this is what you this yeah. is what you do. You do this thing and this is great and it's defined and we know what it is. It's amazing. Yeah. My nan now, sometimes like Indians do this like top trump thing about like, I'm sure everyone does it. Like, of course. <laughs> but like, it's very like, is she married? Is she this? Is she this? And it's like top trumps with grandchildren. Mm. And so like my <laughs> nan will be like, they'll be like, oh, so is she working? They'll be like, she'll be like, she's self-employed. She works upstairs. And they always pull this face like, Oh, she must be like struggling and then my grand's like she's doing really well she makes cheeky zebra they're the funny cards they're quite rude <laughs> and then she says they're not for you though you shouldn't go on the side <laughs> and it's so sweet yeah it's just so nice and it just makes you think like oh yeah like they can see what I'm doing they get they get it and like even though it's like not everyone necessarily will the fact that they do and they believe in me is like it's all you need and even if they buy in like at the early so when the switch happened for us like we weren't doing very well like not that we're doing super well now but like we weren't there yet but Mm. just knowing that they were brought in and they believed in it allowed me to keep pushing forward because sometimes like with that I'm not saying you can't do it without that but I do think it's a lot harder when there's nobody in your inner circle that's like got like it's like you've got this I think when you're doing anything like this, like on your own, it can be so lonely a lot of the time. You just, yeah, no one is really experiencing, like, you know, when you're in a workplace and everyone is experiencing a similar struggle, you can kind of share that and kind of talk about it. But when you're in your like business or when you're pursuing something just on your own and you kind of don't really have anyone else who fully understands it or maybe fully gets it, that can be quite a lonely place and quite a difficult 
thing. And when you're, you know, for me, like when I've kind of had this like comparisonitis of like seeing people who have gone down that corporate job or lawyer route and they're kind of, you know, more comfortable. And then I'm here like kind of worrying about money, but kind of having this vision and still trying to work towards it and trying to like believe myself, like, yeah, having someone in your inner circle to kind of be like, no, you've got potential. I can see you've, you've got this, just keep going. Yeah, I completely agree. I like, I have that struggle still now. Like, um, a lot of my friends are like buying houses and have mortgages and things like that. And it's like, I, I don't, and it doesn't mean that, you know, the business is done all right. And it's get, but I keep putting back into the business. So, and you know, it's quite scary sometimes because you never know what's going to happen. Like you can do what you can, but there is always the fear that, it, that there isn't the stability in the same way. Mm. And so like, I do sometimes struggle with the comparison stuff of like, oh, they're buying a house. And like, I know that her salary is going to come in and that mortgage is going to get paid for like consistently. Yeah. And like, that's not to say I won't be able to buy a house one day, but right <laughs> now I'm, my baby is my business. I'm putting all my money back into it. And it, it can be a bit unsettling, I think. Yeah. I think especially, I, I mean, I'm still like mid-20s. I'm sorry, I can't remember how old you are. <laughs> I don't know if I oh, even no, know. Oh, no, fine. I am, uh, how old am I? No, I know how old I am. I'm just trying to like not say it out loud because <laughs> I'm feeling like, oh, I don't want to say it because then it makes it true. You can give me I'm a ballpark 20, figure. No, it's fine. Let's be honest. I'm 29, yeah. which means I think that everyone who's 29 goes through a little bit of a, like a, holy crap, I'm going to be 30. Like this is some <laughs> panic situation. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm 29. But yeah, there is, I just, yeah it's also like as well once you've you you know quit not quit but like changed your lifestyle up whether it like so how you're doing your business part-time mm. I think it's like you become part of a different part of society it's like you've lifted the curtain into this weird new world yeah and like now I feel like with some of my other friends like would you like I love them to death and vice versa but we're just one completely different trajectories about yeah. stuff so I'm getting better at being like I just can't compare like their house situation with me currently because we're just navigating completely different mm. journey things yeah and I think that's a massive thing like especially in your like 20s and early 30s it's like you know your friends and your peers and everyone you all end up going down these different roads and that's not to say one is better than the other but it, it can be quite hard not to compare to each other. Like, you know, some people like follow that kind of formula of like, good job, buy a house, get a puppy, have a baby, get, you know, like all that stuff. And then you're there like, um, yeah, I have I have a business and um, it sometimes makes money and we'll see what happens. I'm having fun. Like, you know, let's hope. <laughs> Honestly, everything you've just said is like, it's hilarious because that's like, let you, yeah. hi, I feel seen. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> that's what it's like sometimes yeah but the thing is is like but I also don't want to bad mouth like the baby vibe because I've got no. like, loads of friends doing it and it like genuinely they're ecstatic and so happy but it's like it's reminding myself that I'm actually quite happy like I do yeah. actually enjoy what I do and I think sometimes I feel like I'm not supposed to be mm. like I'm supposed to be like a bit apologetic and be a bit like oh you know still not got them kids yeah and I've got, like, this awkward voice on I'm like oh and it's like what's <laughs> Yeah, it's like still single, just got a cat. <laughs> Hi. Yeah. Sometimes I hang yeah. out with man. Yeah. What are you this weekend? We're packing cards. Like <laughs> it's just that. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like you're not following like you know the traditional kind of life that was set out, and there's nothing wrong with doing that. 
But then, yeah, I think especially I was in a situation recently where it was basically like bridesmaid dress shopping and I was with a group and I was the only single one. I think two out of the four of us had bought houses, two out of the four were engaged. And then, yeah, it was just like I was very much, you know, everyone else had a really good stable income and I was there like, oh, we're we're getting a taxi again? Like, it's fine. (laughs) But it was like, I felt so kind of out of place a lot of the time on that weekend. And not to say that, you know, they were doing that on purpose or anything. And I think it was just because of the situation of like how intense it was and the situation we were in. And the fact that it felt like everyone but me was in that kind of more stable, traditional situation. And then I was there kind of not and it doesn't mean to say that I'm not happy where I am and I think actually like coming away from it I was like yeah do you know what I'm doing the right thing for me but it's really hard sometimes not to kind of slip into that comparison trap I'm really glad you've shared that because like that's just that's true like that's how it is like people outwardly can like so you know we've the thing is, is we've like our business like we've done well like it would be silly to say that we're not doing like we're doing okay but like you know father's day ads jumped off a cliff and I went from thinking I was going to make like a, a certain amount of money to like just not at all and being like now I have no cash flow till like a while and we've got, mm. I've ordered thousands of envelopes and I'm just like ah. <laughs> yeah and then all my friends are like yeah but you've smashed it I'm like no I smashed it like six months ago yeah <laughs> you guys are like celebrating you guys think I'm <laughs> like I don't I'm not six months rich Sasha now like things have changed yeah and like sometimes when I'm with my friends I feel those feelings and I feel uncomfortable and then I realized though I think some of that is me like projecting like onto them like my own feelings of like mm. but also like it yeah it can just feel like that sometimes and you can just feel a bit like afterwards like you just need like to sit alone outside and just have some air from like yeah. it just can feel quite suffocating and a bit like you almost feel like you're justifying overly feeling to justify yourself a little bit and it's like it's just mm. a bit uncomfortable at times yeah definitely and I think you know that's not to say like there might be situations where like they're kind of jealous of you yeah it, I'm sure that happens I just never see it that way no. but, but then I'm sure they never see it that way either no. like I think it's yeah it's just all of us because but also have you found that um cause what really helped me was like finding like business friends you mm. know like online like that really really helped yeah, definitely and I think like I'm a big you know I love sliding into someone's dms and being like haha this made me laugh or something like that and yeah. like connecting with people and trying to like connect with more people who get where I am and who are in a similar position to me because that definitely helps it kind of feel a bit more normal I think that's the thing I think it's part of the like feeling of panic is that nobody around you does it particularly so every time you meet somebody who's like gone off to do their own passion you instantly know that there's something there because you're both a bit similar in a way and it's just like to hear that normalized is like honestly it's it's like really affirming isn't it you're just like oh I'm a normal person yeah I'm doing this thing and I'm not the only one yeah and I'm not insane it's just that everybody (laughs) around me in my physical world is not doing what I'm doing yeah but that's okay well it's been amazing to chat to you about this I hope people are feeling inspired now about like doing their own thing and going out and doing their own thing on their own um if you could give someone some advice Sasha if someone is there going I really want to do this thing but it's not really like the typical done thing or anything like that any advice to chase their dreams what would you say to I would say genuinely do it but do it in a way like obviously 
I would almost say like also look at you a lot like what you're doing is really clever like do it but do it in a way that obviously your world isn't going to fall apart so for me it was like whilst I was doing the law firm I would just start doing cards on the side and also if you are if you're going to just do it don't tell anyone like or just tell yeah just don't let people like a little poison in your brain and just keep it between like you and you for a little bit and just like go full steam ahead and just get lost in it yeah definitely just enjoy it and yeah surround yourself with people who also like love doing the things I think is one of my big things if you surround yourself with passionate people who are also passionate about like you going for it and trying something I think that can make a massive difference that's so true like obviously if you've got the right people around tell them because it's like osmosis isn't it you just kind of like feed off each other definitely that's great advice I really love that thank you so much Sasha where can people find you on Instagram where can they buy a lovely cheeky card uh if you would like a cheeky card or a sprinkling of filth you can find us <laughs> at uh so we're cheekyzebra.com on Instagram but it's spelled like dot and com I yeah. feel like I'm making that <laughs> there was no need for me to try and explain that I'll put the links in the description don't worry okay thanks I think that would really help yeah. <laughs> And I'll put the link to your website as well where they can get an amazing card and yeah, to your Instagram where they can see you being amazing and hilarious. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. All right. Hi, Nana. Sorry, you can talk now. I'm still recording. Pardon? Okay. Thank you. That was perfect timing. Literally, as you're saying bye, I was like, quick. quick. <laughs> <laughs> As always, make sure you're following me on Instagram at positivelyproductive.co and you can get my self-led guide to getting more productivity in your life in a more balanced way. We go through mindset and strategy in Project Productivity. You can access the free productivity boosting resource library by signing up to my newsletter, which is called the Productivity Post. And um, yeah, feel free to send me a message. And of course, as I said, please, please leave a review. You can do it right now as you're listening. Just grab your phone. Head to, the, head to the podcast app if you've got it, if you're an Apple user. I'm not quite sure how Android users would do this. Um, but yeah, go on the app, go on the podcast, the Creative Productive Podcast. Just leave a little nice review and um, you will make my day a lot brighter and make me um, tolerate editing a lot more. It's not my favourite thing. I love creating the podcast. The editing can get very fiddly, but there we go. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. I've had so many lovely messages recently about the podcast, which has definitely made it worth it, (laughs) worth all the editing drama. Um, But that is it from me. I've got another solo episode next week and all that's left for me to say is have a positively productive day.